Hey dudes, welcome to The Spin Podcast. I'm Reggie, and today's episode is part two of our Paris series with Atlanta band Omni and Ren Cutie's Born Idiot. Hi, this is Everything Everything. This is Roddy from Idlewell. You're listening to The Spin. You're listening to The Spin. Hi everybody, this is Juan Waters. This is Chassie. We are Napier. You're listening to The Spin with Reggie. All right, so... Oh, hey there, podcasters. Uh, Welcome to another episode of the Spin Podcast. I am your host, Reggie. That's short for Regina Mora, if you didn't know. Um, I'm a little rusty, as you could tell. It's been a while that I've actually recorded and sat down and really thought about what I'm going to say next. Just because I've been traveling so often, um, I actually just got into Amsterdam a few days ago and I'm sitting down in my hotel room all huddled up next to this mini bar that I'm really, 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 really tempted to go in and buy a $4 beer fabric that's normally three euro out. But uh, in this mini bar, it's about eight euro. So I'll just wait till I'm done recording this and I'll go to a coffee shop. I don't know. And for those of you who've never been to Amsterdam, a coffee shop here means uh, like a weed dispensary bar. So in California, we don't have those yet, but marijuana is completely legal. Here in Amsterdam, you could even buy mushrooms over the counter. It's it's definitely a trip. It's um it's just such a different way of living. But I've noticed that the people that actually live here are a lot more calm. I don't know if it's the mushrooms and having these epiphanies every time you take mushrooms and smoking a little bit of weed every now and then has done that to them. But it is completely different from what I expected. When I thought Amsterdam, I thought red light district. I thought weed legalization. I thought just a very liberal... um kind of wild city but it's been the complete opposite it's such a livable city everyone gets around by bicycles because it is pretty small it is very easy to get lost here because there's so many canals there's about a canal in every street so everything looks pretty similar but the the thing that i took the most from staying here in amsterdam is the pride that people have where they live um you walk down the street and every day you'll see someone repotting plants that they or flowers that they have outside of their house or repainting their home it's um it's a sense of pride that makes it very admirable i just wish more cities were like that they really took care of where they lived but regardless um i do miss barcelona barcelona was probably one of the most special cities i've ever visited as well the architecture was great the food is it's fucking mental the food is insane everything was just so fresh and i'm kind of withdrawing from all the tapas to be honest i wish there was more tapas in the world but my jeans are really stoked not to be pushed to their limit anymore (laughs) um but besides the architecture and besides the amazing food I've been chatting with people within the music and indie alternative world in Barcelona. And um, actually, next episode, we got to speak to Catalan Irish sweetheart Nudia Graham. I think we have fun. It never gets late. But we actually got lucky enough to speak to the record label that she signed under. El Sigel de Primavera. I hope I said that right. Um, but they are actually a big fucking deal. They are in charge of putting Primavera Sound Festival together. And if you don't know what Primavera Sound Festival is, oh my god.
whoa, 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 no. You can't hear that stuff yet. Till the next episode, our Barcelona episode. So while I've been traveling around, my Spotify has really come in handy. Seeing that I don't have any data in most of these countries because I have an American phone, my offline playlists have been like stellar. They've been there when I've have had no one and no this isn't a spotify ad unfortunately hopefully one day <laughs> it's just a deep appreciation for spotify and this amazing app to allow me to connect with other people through music and i've actually been going through like a weird fascination with someone on spotify i know it's not like a social media it's not like instagram it's not like facebook but i could still follow people through their playlist and uh, there's a special man in my life right now that I'm kind of obsessed with. His name is Connor Melas. So full disclosure, I have no idea who Connor is in person, but my discovery started when I was looking for Fred Armisen and Bill Hader's parody band, The Blue Jean Committee. And for those of you that don't know, um, The Blue Jean Committee is a take on kind of like a bluesy 60s dad rock band. And Documentary Now, which is a show on IFC, made this documentary about this band called The Blue Jean Committee. So I looked them up on Spotify. I found this amazing playlist put together. If The Blue Jean committee was a real band what other bands would be in the same playlist and this playlist was giving tribute to all these like late 60s early 70s dad rock bands like van morrison the almond brothers bob dylan paul simon the doobie brothers i mean i was instantly fascinated with the person that created this incredible playlist and that was when Color Mellas became someone I look up to. So I started following him and realized that we have this same kind of taste in music. And he has, I mean, look, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I'm tooting his. His musical taste is so fantastic. Um, I almost wish I could be his friend in real life. So if any of you that are currently listening to this and know of a Connor Mellas, please let him know that he has a friend named Reggie in LA. And no, this isn't a misconnection Craigslist ad. I just really appreciate the dude's playlist. And anyways, enough about my weird shit that I do in my personal life. Um, let's get to the episode. So... This is part two of our Paris series. Uh, today's episode was recorded in Paris outside of this really cool music venue called Supersonic that's run by Pitchfork. It had a really cool underground alt feel to it when I walked in. And before getting to the venue, I actually got one of the most weirdest weather days I've ever experienced in my life. So before every interview, I kind of have to mentally go sit down, write down some questions, do some research. And I was doing all this in fabulous Paris in front of the Eiffel Tower, having a beer, hanging out as, as you do. <laughs> oh man, it sounds like a dream now that I speak about it, but it was a really crazy, hot, humid day. It was um, over at least 100 Fahrenheit and out of nowhere in front of the Eiffel Tower, there was a dust storm. It was kind of intense. And then we walked towards the music venue and out of nowhere, it starts pouring rain. talking about louisiana south kind of rain like the rain that you if you walk through it you cannot see so we end up kind of sitting at a bar waiting till the dust settled i guess and then these hail balls fall out of the sky that are the size of my palm 
And for spoiled California girl, born and raised, that was so intense for me. I had no idea what to do. So when we finally got to the venue to meet with American post-punk band Omni, I was relieved and happy to share a beer with them. They were this sweet little light at the end of the tunnel. So a bit about Atlanta, Georgia band Omni. Um, The band consists of... My name's Philip Frobos, and I play the bass and I sing. I'm Chris Yonker, and I play drums. I'm Frankie Broyles, and I play guitar. So their sound is so special and influenced by that lo-fi 70s bands like Magazine, Television, and Devo. Frankie Broyles is actually Deer Hunter's ex-guitarist until Broyles and singer Philip Frobos decided to cook something up together. And they formed Omni. They've released albums Multitasker in 2017 and Deluxe in 2016 under a Chicago label that's very underground and indie called Trouble Mind. So here we are outside of Supersonic Music Venue hoping it's not going to rain on us again. Oh, it feels nice outside too. So, let's, I know. Is it? Okay. that's true. Yeah. Okay, so, um, Welcome to Paris. I know it's been a really weird weather day, but is this the first time you guys are playing? No, you guys aren't. This isn't the first time you guys are playing in Paris, right? Uh, no, we actually played here about a month ago at Espace Bay. Where is that specifically? It's a little more north from here. Okay, and then did you guys perform in Primavera? Did I see that somewhere? How is Primavera? Uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. We played at like 3.30 in the morning. We thought it was going to be like, you know, less people that late, but uh, it seemed like to be kind of like the uh, the crazier part of the night. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a party. What are some of your favorite cities to perform in Europe? Because I know you guys have been traveling around Europe. Germany a lot. Germany is really cool. Leipzig and, and Berlin. Really fun places to hang out. Oh, so, Ber- yeah. so Berlin. Why specifically though? Is it the crowd or? I don't know. I, I just like it for a lot of reasons, you know? <laughs> yeah. And what, what's a crowd like? in Europe compared to back home? We usually have just like a wide spectrum of ages and enthusiasm over here, whereas it can be a little more varied at, at home or specific. But um, we do we do well over here and it's really it's a really fun time. And given that you guys have been you guys have been touring for a while, I think I saw you guys coming into Paris and then leaving and then coming back. Um, is there anything specific uh, that you miss? from back home like food wise or Mexican food (laughs) Mexican food I miss Georgia you guys are from Atlanta right Georgia has good Mexican food very good Mexican food yeah I mean it's not the same as like in LA or something like that but still good good Georgian style Mexican food there's a huge Latino population in Georgia yeah maybe I should move to Georgia and like be one of the Latinos over there. Yeah, there's no <laughs> any other part of Georgia besides yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything that you'll miss from being in Europe, food-wise. Yeah, food. Cheese. The cheese and the bread is definitely a good wine. Yeah. How uh, <laughs> how easily accessible, like really good quality food is, I think. Is yeah. And given that you guys are like beloved, I think in Europe because you guys have a specific sound. Do you think it's it's more beloved here having like that alternative kind of post-punk sound as opposed to Atlanta? I don't know about Atlanta specifically, but I think the the rest of the US, you know, starting to starting to kind of catch up with Europe. So we've we've been having a really good time on tour this year. Yeah. Yeah. Every- yeah, I feel like now I'm starting to hear more about post-punk bands, but you think it's been a a bigger thing here longer? 
Oh yeah, I mean, def definitely, yeah. arguably invented here. Uh, so. Okay. So what about Atlanta? I'm curious about the indie alt scene in there because I've never, I've never been, mm -hmm. and I, I don't really. I know one other musician that I interviewed called Curtis Harding that's from Atlanta, oh, yeah. and I was asking him. Um, if he knows of any like music scenes over there and he said that trap is huge yeah. <laughs> that's that's what he told me he's like trap is if you're trying to dance some trap atlanta's the way to go and i was like oh all right yeah especially like touring over here that's what people always <laughs> ask us about trap music being from atlanta like yeah. oh atlanta trap music <laughs> yeah there's there's definitely a lot of uh you know outlets for trap music and stuff uh i don't know i think atlanta's got like a pretty nice diverse scene because it's cheap to live there for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, you know, you can have, like, a three-bedroom house for, you know, like, $1,200 a month and, and a yard and everything and a place to play music in your house. Yeah. So there's, like, a decent amount of music going on there. Yeah. I think people can afford to have the time to do it. Any any specific bands from Atlanta that are kind of coming up? Are you guys one of the one of the only ones kicking I mean, ass and you tour? There's a lot, but it's hard... It's like I'm almost afraid to say one and then forget someone else. And <laughs> oh, they're yeah, like, they're going to be so offended. Like, they're going to listen to this and be like, how dare he? Um, so in L.A., we have the Echo, which I'm sure you guys have heard of, um, the Terragram Room. We have the Smell. We have like a, a bunch of different um, music venues that are happy to place up-and-coming bands. And then they end up getting bigger because they played the Echo. Is there anything like that in Atlanta? Or is, or is there anywhere else besides Atlanta that has that kind of music venue? I think the, like band in like rock scene is kind of a lot smaller mm -hmm. in atlanta you guys i mean there's yeah. there's like a few venues in in an area called east atlanta that, i mean there's the earl and 529 and they're kind of like the ones that people know if they're not super knowledgeable about like scenes or anything but those places maybe and yeah it's kind of like a tiered thing like you if you get like a if you get a show at five two nine, it's like cool, and then then you can start working your way up to the Earl, and then like mm -hmm. bigger venues and. Um, There's a not, huge gap though somewhere yeah, in there that's like a, small clubs and then really big clubs. And, uh, so the Earl is like the big one. It's like it's the like Echo. Three hundred cap. It is like the Echo. Yeah. yeah. We played the Echo once. And oh. Similar. Uh, Look at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Echo is great because I feel like a lot of my friends that are in music as well. If they play the Echo, it's like good job, man. Like you just <laughs> celebrate it because it's a big deal. Because a lot of those bands go on to go and playing Coachella, or playing. Primavera, you know, it's it's kind of like the first step to like a big deal. So the Earl, I have to go check it out. Then the Earl, that's good. That's good yeah. to know. And given that you guys have such a special sound, um, it kind of reminds me of like television and Joy Division, like that '70s post-punky sound. Um, is there anyone from that era that has like influenced your music? It's kind of funny if you hang out in our van while we're driving and listen to the music that we're all listening to. It's it's very rarely post-punk. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. If you want a post-punk band, I would say Magazine is very influential. Magazine. Oh, yeah. okay. I like them a lot. Yeah. Or we like them a lot, really. Okay, that's good to know. I mean, that's funny. How do, how do you guys decide on a sound then? Uh, it's like, do you just jam and you're like, this is it? I think your sound decides you. Yeah from kind of all of the, it's like a com compiling of all of the stuff you've heard and then, you know, you tend to make things that is just a mixture of that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever feels good. What was your first CD and then your first concert? That was your choice, not your parents. Your choice. <laughs> 
I think I bought a I bought the Chumbawamba tape uh, with that song Tub Thumping on it or whatever. <laughs> and then I think I can't I mean I need to think about my first concert. My, my first first record I bought was was the Slim Shady LP. <laughs> uh, did you uh, bleach your hair as well? I, I did at one point in like eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> And then my first concert was Devo. Oh, that's yeah. that's an amazing one to go to. Yeah, yeah. My dad took me to go see Devo, and I didn't even know who they were. So I was in, like, fifth grade. <laughs> and uh, I remember that was the first time I saw someone smoke weed. And, um, yeah, and it was uh, it was a fun, fun show. Yeah. I think my first CD was U2 Pop, and then there was some other one. Wait, U2 Pop? Well. So that means, yeah. like, Bono songs, but, like, pop version? Or? No, pop, like, that's, that's their mid-90s. 90s album oh. it's the one after octung baby oh, okay. yeah it's, it's yeah it's kids <laughs> yeah no yeah no um and then the first concert i went to go see was the who that's incredible to start off with yeah free ant whistle death oh i saw the cure for the first time my very first concert but it was it was like I should you shouldn't see your heroes in a sense and I saw him and I could hear him breathe throughout every song so it was kind of sad I was like no why did I do this to myself (laughs) did you you remember Uh, I think it was Boston I think I saw Boston play in the middle of the day somewhere while eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and um, I have a theory that musicians that are touring like you guys um, probably have more of a sense of what the up-and-coming bands are and um, I was just curious. I know you guys probably don't get enough time to go see bands sometimes, but have you seen anyone that's really impressive or that you actually really dug the music as soon as you heard it? Um, yeah, but I can't remember their, any of their <laughs> band names. Played with this uh, band in Poland that was really great. I can't remember what they were they, called. They were called the Tin Tents. Tin Tents? Yeah, Tin Tents, yeah, but one word. What was that band we played with in England? Um, Bush? Mush. Yeah, I was going to say cool. Mush, yeah, was yeah, Mush was cool. Cow, cow oh, something? Uh, Cowtown? Cow Is it Cowtown? Yeah. Cow yeah. yeah. These names are incredible. I've never, <laughs> mind you, I'm like all over the music stuff and it's like I've never heard of these bands before. So yeah, They were fun bands to play with. Are you guys listening to any podcasts? Our phones don't work in the car because, you know, none of us have a cell phone plan uh, over here. So, like, right, you know, yeah. when we want to listen to podcasts, we can't do it. But there is a podcast that I've been wanting to listen to that I keep trying to. Which one is it? Uh, I think it's called Woodstock 99. Oh, my man. friend Parks. Oh, no. Uh, my my friend Parks uh, made a podcast about Wood- Woodstock '99. Woodstock '99. I think that was the one that kind of broke Woodstock, right? Like so, in, a, in a, the worst yeah, way, yeah. <laughs> not in a good way. Yeah, the muddy one or whatever with all the mud. Yeah, they're both muddy. But, but yeah, I think this one was real, real muddy. I just remember seeing footage of Green Day getting mud thrown at them or something. Green Day. When Metallica played "Ride the Lightning," started started thundering and raining like a thunderstorm have started immediately or something they like called down the rain (laughs) and um the lord of thunder (laughs) i mean woodstock's kind of a sketchy place to kind of have a music festival as they learned in like 69 it's like it rains constantly but it's also like really hilly and fucking muddy but they don't care. <clears throat> so anyways, given that you guys have put out two different albums, what's different about um, going into the first and second album production-wise? Maybe just the way it sounds as well. The first one we recorded uh, with our friend with no real intention of anybody hearing it. 
So it was it was just recorded in a way that was like very lower in fidelity than the second one, but. So, I mean, with the second one, we tried to make things a little, you know, recorded a little better. We didn't really stop writing from the first record to the second, so it was kind of like they're tied together in that way. Continuous songs from the first album. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And any, where did you guys record it? The first one we recorded (laughs) at his house and at this place called The Goat Farm. Uh, And the second one we just recorded at our friend Nathaniel's house and at this cabin in South Georgia. Oh, beautiful. And um, do you think it inspired a little bit of the second album? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it was the only way we were able to finish it, really, because we were running out of time. <laughs> I feel like I heard more press from you guys when you guys released that Multitasker album. And does that help it out because it's through your record label? Um, I think... <laughs> I, I don't know. Hopefully uh, all of our uh, constant touring and stuff is yeah. is doing something. So uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touring's <laughs> catching up. That's good. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I think that's like the Growlers, for example. They just toured for like fucking four years straight, and yeah. afterwards they just started making their own shows and then just blew up. What happens after you guys wrap up tour? You go uh, back to Atlanta. Yeah, try to work on new stuff and then some more touring. You guys want to do a new album? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be nice to write some material and kind of mix it up. Um, I think we we love both of our records, but we have been playing, like, you know, supporting Multitask on tour for, like, over a year now. Yeah, so. that's a long time to yeah. be on tour. When is it officially over, the tour? Uh, three weeks. Three more weeks. All right, well, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with me, and I can't wait to see you guys in Supersonic. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Supersonic? Yeah, Supersonic. All right, cool. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thanks to Omni for taking the time and hanging out with me right before their gig at Supersonic in Paris. So now fast forward two weeks when I go back to Paris for the second time in the month. I start looking for local indie shows in Paris for the night, and I notice this dream pop band called Born Idiot would be playing a venue called La Javelle. So I jump on a metro and head towards Seine and end up towards this bay of water and a ton of boats around, and I'm just like, I can't believe there's a music venue here. So I arrive right on time to see Born Idiot live, have a couple uh, glasses of wine by myself, enjoying them perform, and they were amazing performance-wise. So after the gig's over, I meet up with the band, and they give me a tour of their tour bus. It's a bit of a mess. No, it's actually not that bad. I'm, I'm really surprised it's not that bad. <laughs> and in between the interview, you'll be hearing voices of... So I'm Louis, I play the keyboard in the band. Okay, my name is Guilherme, and I play drums. My name is Thiago, and I play the guitar. I'm Clement, and play the bass. I'm Lucas, I play the guitar, and I sing. Okay. Great, so... Uh, <laughs> and me. Being American, loud, and a bit tipsy off of really tasty red wine in France. Um, so I pulled up here in my, I think it's a metro here, um, and I got off and I have no idea where I'm at. And then I keep on walking and walking, and then I see a bay of water, and I was like, they're not playing on a bay of water. Like, there's no way. And then I keep on walking, and then there's like a full-on bar. Like, this is an amazing setup. It's a bar next to like a boat. And it's on the bay. Is this one of like the happening spots in Paris for like indie alt bands? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we played in um, 
une location uh, called um, Point Ephemer. It's an indie place uh, where a lot of bands uh, from uh, the international scene uh, come. And uh, I don't think it's an indie place, but it's a cool uh, location. Yeah. Oh, this place is just for the summer. Oh, it's just for the summer. Yeah, well, that's what I was curious about too, because I know like this month specifically, so many like um, different businesses go out of um, go out of town for a holiday, and I, I was shocked that this is even open still. I'm like, how is there a music venue still open? So what I'm curious about is what is like the town that's like the music? Because I have um, Echo Park, I have Silver Lake, I have downtown LA for like the music indie alternative city neighborhood. What is that in Paris? We're from Rennes and we don't. We like Paris, but not that much as Rennes. So we don't we don't really know. So how far is Rennes? How how far is Rennes? From here, from Paris. Uh, it's uh, four, three, three, four hours. So I met a girl earlier today, and she told me that she was from Rennes. Maybe Rennes, and she told me that she drove four hours, and they're gonna stay in Paris for three days. So you guys have people following you from Rennes. <laughs> <laughs> All the way over here. Okay, now we know that you guys are not Parisian, but there's an independent India uh, area in Renan. Yeah. Is there neighborhoods or is it just the city of Renan that's like the cool area? Yeah, it's in Ren, but all Brittany is really uh, independent music, uh, especially Ren. There's a lot of indie bands, rock and roll bands, festivals. It's a really rock city. Yeah, and you guys are playing a festival tomorrow, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Yep. What's a festival? It's uh, Plombières les Bains. <laughs> Can you repeat that again, please? <laughs> Plombières les Bains. Okay. Plombières les Bains. Plombières les Bains. So I'm assuming that you guys are from the same area. Like, how is the story that you guys, how did you guys meet and form a band? Uh, it's like um, when, when we go to, um, to a fac college, yeah? Uh, we met uh, at uh, in Rennes in the city uh, we, we where we live, and, uh, <laughs> and we were yeah uh, all the time we were drunk. We never went to school, so we we had time to do music, so we we played naturally. We decided to to do a band together with Lucas. A lot of you guys didn't go to school then, and then you're like, well, we have enough time to form a band. How long ago did you guys meet then? Five years, four, five years. Four years. Four years. And when did you guys decide, like, let's do this for real? Let's start traveling. Let's start putting out albums. Like, when did that happen? Actually, it was the intentions at the beginning. Uh, we we really wanted to have a band and to uh, do many tours and uh, to do, to do many records. And uh, yeah, it was the the intention when when we started. We all had a different project at yeah, the start, before. and so. So are you guys sticking to this one, like, yeah. for real? Like, this is, like, it. Like, we got to make it big in this band. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And um, I noticed that the style of music that you guys have, it does remind me of a lot of um, older 60s kind of French pop, kind of like Jacques de Tronc and... Um, I, I know my style. Well, I mean, I just feel like it's more kind of, like, jazzy, loungy. But I also think that you guys have a lot of psychedelic um, yeah, kind of, like, style to it. Definitely. But I want to know, in that popish kind of style of music, who is some of your influences? 
And then also in the psychedelic realm, who is some of your influences? The Beatles. <laughs> also. <laughs> yeah. All the time, the Beatles. Yeah. We listen to a lot of, of styles of music. So we, uh, we go to a festival called uh, La Route du Rock, okay. which is in Saint-Malo, in the north of Brittany. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it reveals a, a lot uh, of styles. Style, I don't know the style of music that the, the, the bands in the style mm. of music we listen to, okay. like very indie pop, you know. Mm-hmm. But we have some references from the 60s or 70s, yeah. maybe Pink Floyd a bit, Bossa Nova. Yeah. also Bossa Nova music, yeah. Brazilian music generally. Oh. Yeah. Psychedelic uh, style, we got uh, BGM, BGM, Brian Johnston, Brian Johnston, Brian Johnston Massacre. Massacre. Oh, Brian. they were just here actually, like. Yeah. L- like a few months ago. No, oh, I think they're months. and they're going to be here in September. No, yes. October for levitation. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to be there at our favorite festival, La Route du Rock. So wait, wait, wait. That festival yeah. is where you guys yeah. go every every, every year. year. Yeah. Yeah. Why I need to come back to Paris. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have to come back to France regardless. <laughs> Good cool. the, like uh, Brian Johnston, Massacre, yeah. Real Pink, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Grizzly uh, uh, Beer, Jungle. This is this <laughs> makes me so happy because it's like a girl from LA. I'm Mexican American, and it's like a girl from LA, and it's I could come to a completely different country and city. And you guys aren't even from Paris. You guys are from another part of France, yeah, yeah. but we could still bond about some sort of music you get me and which is why i was so happy to um interview la blogga tech was because they have touched every single kind of indie alternative um so as far as american bands that you guys are currently listening to maybe even like while you're driving around in your van who is it wunderbar a lot wunderbar Wunderbar, it's a it's an american band Mm. um we're listening a lot to beach fossils too. Uh, I could hear that in your music, yeah, actually. Like all capture tracks, we, we love it. Yeah. And uh, we are Oberhof, Oberhofer. 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 Okay. And who else? Chris Cohen. Chris Cohen. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks from Chicago. Twin Peaks, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Twin Peaks is great. You guys should open up for Twin Peaks, I think. Uh, yeah. You did? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Any goals to come over to America? I feel like your sound would be so various that it could. Yeah, it's different. In France, people you know the, that kind of music is not really appreciate appreciate yeah. by the people N- yeah. not not appreciate but they don't really understand the intention are you guys signed <laughs> under a record label uh nope nope we're not signed please. say that out loud yeah. please, please sign us <laughs> <laughs> help <laughs> so is there no because in la a lot of the smaller indie bands are signed yeah. whether yeah. it be a small so is it harder in france to get signed do you think uh, for us, yeah yeah, it's for it's that kind of music. Yeah, yeah for that kind of music. But I think we're kind of unlucky in yeah. a way because many bands, m- many French bands uh, from indie pop uh, area, etc., they're signed, we and we're not signed, and we have an album. What yeah. the fuck? Have, okay, so have you guys been sending out your like? What do you think is the the measure to, to go get signed? Send out your like albums to record labels to uh, radio stations like. 
Yeah, to open up the you know the people Market. listening to us yeah. the marketing streaming streaming the goal is not to sign uh, absolutely absolutely it's, it's just to to get known yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit a bit <laughs> i like how you're kind of uh, i don't want to make it too famous i just want to yeah, get kind we, of famous. we want to be famous but not not, <laughs> not as famous uh, as not i don't ACDC. know not acdc yeah. but yeah we want to get famous we want to have money we want to yeah. live with it <laughs> um, so what are the indie labels in France then that your friends are signed under uh, uh, in Nantes there's a Bon Bad record so long story short like who do you guys see yourself becoming like uh, Mac DeMarco Mac DeMarco uh, things like that yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't know the Beatles uh, <laughs> <laughs> why not maybe they have a label on all okay. around the band is it's cool yeah, yeah. it's kept the tracks Tame Impala things like yeah. that yeah. Tim and Paula is like like very very famous, but having our own style and doing indie things. What what we like to do? Someone and you guys were fucking fun to watch. I really am yeah, excited yeah. to see Thanks. what you guys have coming up. You guys released an album, and uh, it's called. Uh, we released an album one year ago, actually. Yeah. It's called After School. Okay. And uh, we released uh, a single like three months ago, four yeah. months ago. And uh, we're going to release some new stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time to talking to me. We got a present for you. Yeah. Yeah, we got oh, a, an album. So. Oh, nice. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. Thank you to all the people I got to hang out with and talk to during this magical Paris episode. Merci to La Blogue Tech's mastermind, Christophe Abrique, and bands Omni and Born Idiot. You can find Omni and Born Idiot's music on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify. Again, that's Omni, O-M-N-I, and Born Idiot. The way it sounds, the way it's spelled. A big thank you to you guys for listening and making this so fun. I've had such a great time compiling this list and roster of musicians that we've gotten to interview and people we've gotten to speak to. And again, we are completely an independent podcast, meaning that I work my little heart and soul to make this uh, podcast happen. So there is a way that you could repay the spin. You could subscribe, you could rate us, and you could also share us with your buddies. So if you have any friends that are interested in the same kind Kind of music that we've been showcasing here on the spin podcast share us with them we love new people so again feel free to rate us subscribe to us and leave us a cheeky little little review just so we could give you guys what you want to listen to we're also constantly checking our social media so our instagram and our facebook feel free to hit us up we're always looking for new music new artists to share on our podcast and we're doing a little giveaway for people that want to respond to us um feel free to email me at the spin with reggie that's the spin with reggie r-e-g-g-y at gmail.com send us your name and your address and if you want to help promote us we'll send some stickers over to you our tag handles on instagram and facebook is the spin podcast we're also looking for sponsors for the spin um so if you or your company that would fit our demographic feel free to email us with information about your business that we could promote on the spin but again thank you guys so much for making this so fun and i'll see you guys next time for our barcelona or is it barcelona episode see you guys later see ya.
and a huge, huge, huge sorry to my mother-in-law in in Northern England that listens in every episode and has to hear me curse. Sorry, Mama Brown.